So I, I just wanted to set the scene really for today's uh, uh, um, wonderful set of talks, uh, vignettes around the range and scope of what's going on uh, around the uh, challenges of, uh, of ethics in many of the advanced technology settings that we were all most engaged in. And also but to explain where this all came from. So we know that um, the uh, Schwarzman Institute itself, the Schwarzman Center itself is a much bigger uh, uh, um, endeavor involving the humanities in general. And one thing to be very clear about, when people heard the announcement of 150 million pounds, some people mistakenly imagined that was for the Institute for Ethics in AI. No, no, it's, uh, it's a part of that gift, and it's a part that is particularly exciting because it's there to support uh, human uh, talent, to support appointments in the area, in the Faculty of Philosophy in, in, in particular, and I'll talk about those. Um, so it's a, significant but a very uh, minority part of that gift but it's a significant one. Um, the uh, whole uh, challenge of this is of course uh, premised on the fact that we know that computer science and particularly artificial intelligence present uh, huge challenges. This is one of my favorite quotes. This is from cybernetics uh, uh, father uh, Norbert Wiener in 1948 already foresaw that as he called it the ultra rapid computing machine was an ideal central nervous system for an apparatus for automatic control. 1948, he foresaw the opportunities for um, unheard of amounts of good and evil, and boy, was he right there. Um, and of course, the other forcing function that we recognize in that much technology accelerates under the impulse of, um, of conflict, sadly. So whether it's Bletchley Park, where of course, so much of the early work on automated um, um, computing happened, kept much of it classified, um, Turing himself, of course, working there, or it was the Manhattan Project uh, where computation was required. This forcing function um, accelerated both the development of the technology, but also uh, very quickly led to issues around the uh, fundamental ethical questions. The other thing I like to present is the fact that modern AI is understood very often to simply be all about machine learning. Uh, and as somebody um, who has been working the field since the uh, late 70s, uh, I've seen a number of cycles of AI uh, come and go. And in that time, different methodologies have held sway. Uh, back in the day, it was rule-based systems, theorem proving, a whole range of methods to do search. And each time around the cycle of enthusiasm, particular human capabilities fell to the dominance of the machines, there was always a question around um, the ethical deployment of this, even back in the 80s when people were talking about building expert systems. What about the experts the systems will displace? Could we trust the actual uh, diagnosis the systems will give us? Uh, were the accounts uh, explicable and understandable and so on? So there is, no, um, there is no shift in some of the fundamental challenges facing us over many decades. But what has happened clearly in recent times is the emergence of a particular class of computing power and method that has led to some breakthrough moments. These so-called uh, deep neural networks, various forms of machine learning have led both to the, tri tri uh, the triumph of machines over particular areas of human expertise. This, of course, is AlphaGo's triumph over Lee Sodol. And most recently, um, achieving extraordinary results in what was thought again to be quite uh, difficult to master areas of um, problem solving. This is a multi-strategy game called StarCraft. It's, uh, it's the latest achievement, again, of the, the deep mind um, uh, science um, uh, um, research labs. 
Of course, within all of that, there's plenty of good things going on. Um, but again, sometimes with issues around the, the ethics. This is the uh, Google uh, DeepMind's uh, work on uh, uh, diagnosing various uh, diseases from the retinal scans that were available, whether it's um, various forms of, in this case, this is diabetic retinopathy. These systems are very good at detecting patterns and coming up with all sorts of really rather impressive classifications. Uh, but even there, there was an issue ultimately that fell into the whole area of was the data used to train these systems acquired with the appropriate level of informed consent? It is almost uh, impossible to think of an AI uh, deployment mode in which ethical questions don't abound. Uh, Oxford's own work in LipNet, wonderful work to actually um, uh, get to the level of human expertise in lip reading. You can imagine various forms of more intriguing uh, deployment of these kinds of technologies. In fact, it was the central thesis of 2001. Hal, if you remember, read the lips of the astronauts in the pod. Um, or indeed facial recognition, which is already causing concerns about its sensibilities and sensitivities around particular forms of bias, uh, given certain sorts of training regime and given particular deployment modes. The all more obvious ones, of course, uh, range from uh, what you do with the autonomous vehicles to how you should uh, restrict and control the weaponization of, uh, of platforms such as AI included in drone. Uh, more uh, extensively, we worry about the use of extensive amounts of data in domains such as predictive policing, or indeed at a national scale when deployed by uh, states such as China in their social credit system. We worry about the flows of data uh, from our mobiles from our devices. In fact, my group in Oxford has spent a lot of time trying to understand just what that ecosystem looks like. And it's clear that the flows of data are extensive. They're numerous. This is just the one particular flow of data from one app surrounded by a few others on a phone that we were able to track and understand just how extraordinary the economy of data exchange is. And where is the control of that? And where is the oversight and insight in that? Often your ethical challenges are cheek by jowl with questions around governance and regulation. And within all of this, we have concerns about the emergence of dominant platforms, both in the East and West, who seem to have so much control in this emerging world of data-enabled AI algorithms. And data-enabled AI algorithms, that I say, aren't just about machine learning. They can just as much be about um, expert system reasoning, about various forms of model-based reasoning. There are a very large set of methods now available to the computer scientist and the engineer, the various people looking to exploit the methods. And even if it is, in some cases, statistics represented, various forms of linear regression or whatever, there will still often be ethical challenges at the end of that deployment um, issue. So the question for us isn't just necessary to think about this in the narrow confines of what we might think of as a robotically uh, controlled drone or a particular use of a neural network in a, um, a biometric system. It can be how data and AI algorithms are used very broadly on the web, uh, how they're used in um, targeting and surveilling us. So in the broadest sense, this was always the ambition. And so when um, I was asked to put together a proposal for the uh, Schwarzman uh, 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 initiative, and this was very much driven out of 
his own concern, Stephen Schwartzman's own concern, that he was seeing a world emerge where his particular worry was around the concern of how these systems might be deployed, um, it was natural to turn to Oxford's extraordinary, extraordinary um, heritage in this area. It's not hard to make the case for ethics, of course, at Oxford. You have um, the most extraordinary cast of characters here looking uh, through a history that includes everybody from uh, Hare to Parfit to, to, to Warnock and Murdoch. These are, these, these are extraordinary figures who have shaped our thinking in the ethical and moral space. And in some respects, of course, Mary Warnock's work also held an appeal to many because this was a, a, a person who managed to convene an entire uh, regulatory uh, uh, framework and, and lead on that thinking in the deployment of a technology which at the time concerned uh, people, the whole way in which uh, human fertilization and embryology uh, uh, science was moving, reproductive uh, science was moving, and that multi-stakeholder conversation which had serious ethical underpinnings was one of the reasons that we found the way forward to a nuanced and interesting debate. And one of the things I think we will see as the um, landscape develops here in Oxford is this very interesting appeal to lessons learned from fields such as medical ethics. Uh, many of the problems addressed have near analogies. Some will turn out to be different, whether it is the use of human subjects or what is being done to them or the question of informed consent or how access is granted to, to parts of the population. Many of these uh, will have their equivalents in what we do. So when we looked at the proposal, as we assembled the proposal, um, we were uh, surrounded really by a surfeit of riches. Um, this diagram just begins to reflect, this isn't, we call this a heliocentric model. This is not to imply, by the way, that the, you're all circling <laughs> this quite, not quite existing, existing ethics in AI Institute. Uh, this is meant to represent the, the, the extraordinary level of input and uh, cognate activities that we can look at from computer science and our involvement in the Alan Turing Institute on the one hand, to the work that goes on in the Oxford Internet Institute. We'll hear about some of that today. And indeed the work in the O'Hero Center for Practical Ethics, work in the Future of Humanities Institute, work in AI governance, uh, work in the Blavatnik School on policy, whole set of interests emerging in law around um, how we might think about um, legal restraints and applications in AI technology. In medicine, again, the Wellcome Center for Ethics, the Oxford Martin School, Oxford Foundry for Innovation, the Big Data Institute up and in the Medical Science Division, and Information and Engineering, um, where much of the really interesting robotics development goes on and other things too. So it's a very rich surround. This won't even be completely comprehensive. But what's compelling about that is that you sit this effort within a nexus of really interesting research. And I think one of the things that Peter's looking to do is to, is, to, is to help convene the plurality of those conversations around the interests of the ethics in AI Institute. Now that of course is as yet to be staffed, to be, uh, to be established. But the interesting uh, absolute essential difference of this, and some people have said there are any number of ethics in AI or AI ethics initiatives Somebody counted some extraordinary number of ethics AI codes the other day, and it was uh, in the low hundreds, believe it or not. Uh, lots of them uh, close, uh, uh, 
similarities to one another. And a lot of it, a lot of it one suspects various forms of virtue signaling. Lots of it you might suspect um, uh, kind of copying to get into something that seems uh, an idea whose idea of the moment. I think the difference in the effort here is to locate this whole enterprise in the deep research of the faculty of philosophy in a tradition where the philosophical questions are primary, are paramount. Now, we can divide those uh, up in any, any variety of ways, and whatever set of questions you raise here, there are more, whether it's about when you use or don't use the technology, whether it's fair, who's responsible for it, who has access to it, does it sufficiently explain itself? Um, does it vary as you go from one geography to another, to one culture to another? What about its utilization for public and private goods? And all of this just provides a sense of the depth and range of ethical questions that will arise. In the last few minutes, let just me let's say something about the shape and structure of where we are. So this all began um, with a group of um, individuals who gave of their time and energy, hugely grateful to them, uh, in a steering committee that was put together um, back in, actually, almost a year ago. It seems extraordinary. Just I think I was approached about a year ago. Um, and, uh, and then in the, in, in, in the January of this year, we began to think about shaping the proposal. So uh, myself and Chris Timson, uh, head of philosophy, Dan Grimley, um, Phil Howard from the OII, uh, Mike Waldrich, computer science, Cecile Fabre, a philosopher, Mike Parker, uh, and Alison Noble, Mike Parker from the um, Wellcome Institute, and uh, Alison from Information Engineering. Uh, actually, Alison replaced Angela McLean, who was the original, uh, uh, originally on the committee uh, as Angela uh, took up the uh, chief scientific advisor role. In one of in the Ministry of Defence, so that group had gotten together and tried to frame and shape um, the uh, the proposal in a way that was uh, that was going to work for for the university. Um, the plan ultimately is that there will be a management committee of the institute uh, to be uh, confirmed, that, uh, 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 and it will be cross divisional. Probably will mirror the kinds of things we see within uh, things like the Blavatnik uh, School. Um, the advisory board will comprise internal and external members. They will be advisory, they will not set the agenda, that's important to say. And we are at this moment uh, about to advertise for a director for the Institute. My role is essentially to try and steward this into existence. I think the important thing to say is of all of the activities associated with the gift, this is one of the first ones to, to begin its work because the building which will uh, be placed on the uh, uh, Ratcliffe uh, Observatory site uh, will be a number of years in development. I mean, it could be four to five years before that is actually opened. In the meantime, we would like to be undertaking this exciting research agenda. So a director and initially uh, two associate professors are being will be being advertised, one of these uh, in philosophy and one in philosophy and computer science. There are five associate professorships ultimately to be appointed to, so this will be a substantial center of gravity in terms of the ability to research and teach. And the other thing to say is that these will be, uh, at least uh, an, uh, the first two advertised will be college associations as well. So we're trying to wrap the, um, 
the Institute at the start into the collegiate university. There will be uh, a number of postdoctoral research fellows or uh, JRF appointments. There will be a significant number of DPhil students. We are looking to use the model of academic secondment to so move people into the Institute for periods of time where their research would, would help and be valuable and a significant visiting fellows program. So in total, uh, we might imagine that in four so years time, there would be 20 or so individuals at the core of the, of the Institute. And ultimately, of course, looking to um, develop and expand with joint programs of work to even uh, more significant, uh, 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 to a more significant size. The other thing it's probably worth mentioning is that there was always the ambition that we would develop various forms of curriculum content to inform our teaching. Uh, and, and the interesting model here is to think about the evolution of our various uh, courses where philosophy has been at their heart, um, whether it was the original literary humanities with the, the greats, as it was called, the modern greats, which reflected the fact that economics had become a subject that required uh, uh, required uh, uh, study, political science and philosophy. The scientific greats that we saw evolve uh, philosophy, psychology, linguistics in the 20th century, physics and philosophy, maths and philosophy, computer science and philosophy. One of the interesting things about these is the extent to which computational thinking, the intrusion of new ways of uh, understanding our world has been very much at the center. So the question will be um, how we can develop content that is capable of being inserted into either masters and um, undergrad offered as undergraduate modules. That would certainly be an ambition. And I'm, I'm certainly aware that in computer science, we have a significant need for um, uh, appropriate um, ethics courses. It's not in and of itself the only thing, of course, going on. Um, there is an ongoing uh, cultural program um, that will be being launched. In fact, there is an event, AI and Creativity, I think on the November the 20th, Wednesday, uh, that's actually also being held, that's being held at? In the Maths Institute. And uh, that's certainly something to look out for. One of the kind of features, again, is that we look to really motivate the presence of this institute within the context of being human in the 21st century and how despite uh, all the concerns we have, or perhaps exactly because of those concerns, we can understand uh, an appropriate uh, set of balanced interventions uh, with this technology. Um, as I mentioned, that the, the site itself is not yet uh, built, um, and indeed uh, the whole process for selecting architects is in train as we speak to get that process underway. Um, and this. Uh, finally, just to say, um, the uh, actually, I guess, apart from a talk I gave at AI Oxford, this is the single earliest manifestation of actual activity, which is all of you in this room listening to a variety of presentations as to why ethics has a place in the consideration deliberations of, of Oxford's uh, extraordinary intellectual history. And uh, yeah, that really is my introduction. This is one of the first, in fact, the first two of these are very much, if you like, community meetings, town hall meetings, where we're convening the uh, interested parties together to, to understand uh, what we're trying to achieve. So that's my introduction. Thank, Thank you. you very much.